This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. Let's go. Nada Moore with our intro song. It is the Eric Lindros episode. 2016 Hockey Hall of Fame inductee. Talked to him on the phone once. My friend Steve Webb and I, we did a bike ride from Long Island to our hometown of Peterborough, Ontario. The first year, I was the support vehicle. And uh, Webby rode the bike. So I'd make sure he had all his food he needed, fill up uh, the air in any tires, fill up his water bottles. And uh, one day, Webby's phone rang. I picked up, and it was Eric Lindros. So he shot the shit for a bit. Seemed like a good dude. Completely different from when you saw Eric Lindros interviewed, and he always looked like he was just, he wanted no part of being interviewed. He just had a nervous personality when he was uh, in front of the media. This is Boomsies. What an episode we've got. Uh, we discussed in detail on Monday's quick hitter, Taylor Swift being at the, uh, the Chiefs game, how the Chiefs are on the cusp of getting 1 billion new fans. But they're also on the cusp of having 1 billion Swifties Right in their grill. Travis Kelsey. No pressure, bud. <laughs> you man. I it, She showed up, though. Like your buddy. Uh, yeah, I got a girlfriend uh, in Canada. Yeah, sure you do. And then all of a sudden, she's at your family function. You're like, wow. He was actually talking to someone in Canada, and they exist. So I think Travis Kelsey wins just for the simple fact that she showed up. I wish them nothing but uh, health and happiness. Them being together, them not being together does not affect my life. No, it does affect my life. Is at the entrance to my little town here in Orono, Ontario. A lot of people always ask, where is that? Well, we're uh, one hour east of Toronto on the 401. 
At our little entrance, it has a Orno sign, and then underneath it, it says, the home of Stanley Cup champion Brian Bickle. It's got a, the other end of t- town, too. There's only two entrances. There's no stoplights. But we've got that welcome to the home of Brian Bickle. I'm driving into town on Sunday, and I see something that left me shook. The home of Brian Bickle sign is gone. But I go to the other end of town, and there's still one there. So I'm like, I call up Bixie. I'm like, Bixie, we got a problem here. Your sign's missing. He's like, I know. I said, well, where is it? He said, no clue. So there's a mystery in our little town. Someone removed the sign, or it got broken, and it's never been replaced. So I said, Bixie, we need your name back up there. He's like, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to make that my life goal. Get Bixie back on the sign. And then the previous day, I'm driving down a side road. 30 seconds from my house. I'm coming up behind a vehicle. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. This, the front of the vehicle is all smoke coming out. One motorist had pulled aside to help this man. Uh, I had, let me count them up. One, two, one, two, three, four, five. I had six kids in my vehicle. So I'm like, I can't pull over and ask if they need any help. And as I slow down, I look and it's Greg Keeler from Blue Rodeo. And I'm like, I just saw this guy perform at the Orono Fair and I could have helped him with his vehicle. Would have been, would have been singing their belting out songs. While fixing his radio, actually, no, I would have screwed that vehicle up. I would have messed that car up real good. But I'm trying to tell the kids who it was, they're like, "Ah, we don't care. We don't care. The joys of living in a small town. You know the guy whose name's on the welcome to your town sign. And uh, platinum recording artist with a broken down car one road over. I just shake my head sometimes. I'm like, is this real life? It sure is. And this real life gave us the Super Bowl halftime performer for this year's Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Much anticipation. Everyone's like, oh man, there's so many options. The only option that seemed to be off the table, unless they did some great convincing, which at this point... This person does not need convincing because they've got more money than God. And they don't need to sell any more records or sell at any more stadiums. And that is Taylor Swift. They missed the Taylor Swift window, which would have been a couple years ago. So Taylor Swift has actually gotten too big to play the Super Bowl halftime show. And you've got uh, little babies big right now. But problem with little baby no offense to little baby fans all the songs starting to sound the same morgan wallen just performed sellout after sellout across canada he's a country music artist that would have luke combs same thing big big country music artists country music 
is massive right now. Could have gone Drake. Drake might also be too big for the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, you've got the Chainsmokers. They have a residency in Vegas. Carrot Top, big Vegas residency. But who do they pick off the, uh, the list of potential Super Bowl halftime acts for Las Vegas? Usher. That's right. Usher. This is not a halftime act from 10 years ago, which made of would have made sense if Usher was your halftime act. But we have Usher playing this year's Super Bowl. I wish I was in that meeting in which they decided this was the act. Because the names I just said, Drake, Taylor Swift, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, Chainsmokers, Chris, Chris Stapleton. These would have been all bandy about. And then someone in the back of the room, what about Usher? And people didn't laugh when that was said from the back of the room. No, they grasped onto that and said, let's get him. And they probably called Usher directly. Everyone else, they would have had to go through a rep, uh, through an agency. We got Usher's number right here. We can land him this minute. So Usher, not Carrot Top, Usher will be playing the Super Bowl halftime show in Las Vegas. I was so looking. I'm like, this is this is the year. They're really going to do it. What was Usher's last big song? Uh, you got it bad? You got it. You got it bad. My Boo with Alicia Keys. Okay, so he's going to bring up Alicia Keys maybe. He can't play that Oh My God song with the uh the black eyed peas because black eyed peas played one super bowl halftime act and he was there for it and that song is bad february 11th las vegas usher don't get it you guys knocked it out of the park with your last two super bowl halftime shows with rihanna and the previous year with snoop dogg and eminem and 50 cent and then you do this. No offense to Usher fans. Hey, I, I like a little Usher ditty. You put one of those on. I'll be singing along. Ten years ago. Twenty years ago. Oh, little Danny O'Toole. He's beeping and bopping to the old Usher. Not 47-year-old. No, I'm 48 now. Crap. I'm, I'm freaking old. Um, I wanted to get to, um, our emails here. Danitized is back. We're going to be giving, um, actually, before we get to our emails, I wanted to get to something because I can see them waiting in the waiting room. We have our first check-in from an NHL training camp, and this is detailed information in which you won't get anywhere else because our reporter is embedded with the Ottawa Senators. 
And we go live to our Sens Insider. This uh, just in, Dan. <laughs> I was... I was trying to do a broadcast voice, but that did not sound... I used to be a broadcaster. I guess I still am. But our Sens Insider, also my cousin, Eric Hobbins. We go to him because he operates all of the food services where the Sens are having their training camp. So he has got the lowdown. First off, uh, Eric, hello. Uh, secondly, have you met the new owner yet? I have, actually. He's one tall son of a bee. He's oh, a really? Dude. So are we oh. talking Jay Onright height here? Uh... I would say he's taller. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. Uh, now, he was next to Pierre Dorian, who's a very little guy, pocket <laughs> size. Um, I myself am a strapping six foot, and as Grandpa would say, no one's six foot unless you're Jesus. But, uh, <laughs> but I am six feet right on the nose, and he is a tall dude. I was looking up. I was looking up. Yeah, he was very nice, polite, shook a hand. Now, he asked to kind of leave through the back. This was before he was the owner. And I was like, ooh, you don't, that's like the grease alley. Um, you may want to invest some money there first uh, when you take over <laughs> things. And uh, please don't break your neck on the 30 stairs on the way down. Okay, so did the Sens owner, did he purchase any food? What's the intel on him? What oh, does he, he like to eat? He doesn't know it yet, but he got the bill for everything. Uh, he himself, <laughs> he himself didn't eat a thing. He was just kind of, uh, it was way back at the rookie camp. So before the actual training camp, which just happened last week. So he was there early. Um, nice guy. Uh, some woman came up to him and said, oh, can I, can my kid wants your autograph? And he's like, oh, okay, great. And she goes, I have no idea who you are. And he goes, oh, um, I'm the new owner. And she goes, oh, he thought you were a player. So she took the thing away. <laughs> yeah. So Wait, no. so he can pass as a Sens player? Well, it's a young kid. She had no idea. And, I mean, he's a giant. He's a big he, – honestly, he's he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Very smiley. Okay, I like this. So um, we're moving on with new ownership. There's a good vibe in the city. You've been sending me pictures from training camp of uh, the coaches coming in, the players coming in. It's nice fall weather there. Um, give us uh, the dirt on what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're doing in the rink. I will tell you right now, Tarasenko, two things of sugar with his coffee. Two. Whoa. I okay. thought he was pretty sweet enough, but he does too. Any um, milk in that coffee? Uh, cream. He's a cream, cream guy. Cream, not a cream guy. Okay, Tarasenko, okay. get the get the milk in there. Uh, I was interested so that we don't, we're not feeding them because they come to us fed already. We're actually the official coffee sponsor for them because Jay, my daughter Jay, who's been uh, fangirling over Timmy Stutzel, who nodded to her the other day when she was bringing the pots of coffee over is just in her element like constantly checking I'm like Jay you, you can't go back like you just gave them the coffee they're not empty yet uh, very polite everybody's very polite there's a great buzz it's it's just a it's everybody seems to love coming to the rink I think everybody's face now again training camp it could be you know rush, brushing some dust off and some rust off but everybody seems to be ready to go and it is I sent you the picture Norris Batherson, Tarasenko. Yes, please. What a second <laughs> line. Is we just got to get Pinto signed. But from from the big food angle, I was shocked to see that the Sens brought in their own Coke machine and put their own water and biosteel in it. They literally had a dolly, Dan. <laughs> and I'm like, it's kind of the one thing maybe you don't travel with, a giant Coke machine. Maybe 
you know, oh, we forgot Kachuk's bag. Oh, we had the Coke machine, though. So you might want to leave that one at home. We have like several Coke machines just in the lobby that we run. <laughs> You've already got them there. We got the bio steel. Throw a guy a bone, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's uh, they're all business is what I'm going to say, Daniel. They're all business. Okay, let's get back to this coffee. Are you telling me the Ottawa Senators are drinking coffee while playing hockey? No, they show up early when they're doing their stretches. Oh, then, okay. Uh, I thought yeah. I thought this was a, this was deep down dirt that oh, they've uh, <laughs> gone to drinking coffee in between shifts. It's interesting that they still have the BioSteel out thanks to the bankruptcy. I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm going to start to put my own uh, Eric Steel and uh, <laughs> see if I can sneak it in the fridge there. But uh, no. Now, you have a great little pro shop in there, a little skate sharpening shop. Have any wandered in and um, maybe perused the items? It's funny because um, the rookies don't know where the back of the rink is. You think, you know, you've been to one rink, you've been to them all. Go where the Zamboni door is. Uh, they still enter through the front of the building, which get mobbed by people. And um, no one has wandered into the shop just yet, but uh, we, we're trying to lure them in. Our famous lured person in was good old Bobrovsky. We had a picture of Bobrovsky way back. I lured him in, and his Russian was on par because he didn't speak a word of English and thought I was trying to tell him he dropped something. But no. That's Vadanya. Yeah. We got a picture, though. We got a selfie. Okay. So the dirt so far is Tarasenko, two sugars and cream. Uh, the Sens brought their own Coke machine. Yeah. Their owner, their new owner is very tall. Um, is there any other little tidbits? Because these are, man, talk about juicy items I'm you've given you, us. I will say uh, the broadcasting side, uh, you've got your Dean Brown was upstairs. And- no, Dean Brown. First off, can I acknowledge that Dean Brown, when I uh, went to school in Ottawa, I went to Algonquin College, the gonk, and I listened to Dean Brown call Sens games, and I'm like, this guy has the greatest voice and he's been doing Sens games since, I believe, day one. Dean Brown, shout out to him, one of the best broadcasters in the NHL. It looks great, too. He's actually, and just to see him, he was in upstairs overseeing on uh, on Saturday, I believe it was. And he was, I just came in. I'm like, hey, you, you good? You need anything? He's like, no. He just seems so energetic. Like, usually he's kind of like, another season. And I got all my <laughs> stats. Like, who are we trading? And, you know, uh but he seemed pretty hyped up. He was next to good old Bruce Bowtie Garyak. Um, that was a tidbit there. Bruce likes the free pizza that Uncle Adam, uh, my brother Adam, there threw out. The old Frieza. So did Pierre Dorian. Hum, num, 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 num. <laughs> Adam had to cut it in squares so he wouldn't need his fingers there. But now, <laughs> too much? Tell me to dial no, it back. I, I don't it. know. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> This is all the dirt we're getting, I guess. Uh, Jesse Winchester's on the ice. Good to see a former Sen helping out the team. He's on the ice with Dono, Sean Donovan. Uh, no, just good buzz. Good buzz. A lot of people there in attendance, actually, um, from from the Sens organization. I wouldn't say a lot of fans. We need to maybe advertise when the team's practicing. Maybe have a player or two sign some autographs. Just saying. Good fan outreach. But a lot of, uh, I'd say, Sens staff you know, are there. Majority okay, of the staff so, are bald. Majority of the staff are bald. There's that, another that, tidbit. <laughs> Write it down, Dan. 
I'm writing all this info. There's so much info. I don't know if I can remember it all. Uh, by the way, the arena we're talking to is the Sensplex, which is right next to where the Sens play at the Canadian Tire Center. And uh, that's where uh, Erica operates uh, uh, the tasty uh restaurants uh the canteens and uh, at his restaurant they have the boomsies burger which is a burger with chicken fingers on it it sounds really weird i had it it's delish yeah can i give you an update on the sales on that one yeah have we sold any zero <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was joking i had a meeting yesterday with uh my brother adam and the cook and i might be coming off the menu dan so limited time boomsie burger not a single soul. So Perfect. Uh, I'm glad Boomsies is uh, making its mark on your menu. <laughs> We're going to add more Boomsies items soon. You know how expensive it is to print a menu, Dan? Jesus. I'm sending Not you one. the bill. <laughs> Not one. Zero. <laughs> Zero. So um, please, if you're out there and you're in the Ottawa area, before it's too late, limited offer. <laughs> Uh, no, there's lots. I mean, again, going to the game yesterday. I was at the game yesterday. Claude Giroux's wife sat behind me. I know that because his little boy had Giroux and uh, the Giroux jersey. And then she goes, Daddy's on the ice now. And I'm like, okay, that's Mrs. Giroux. Um, I took my dad and a fellow Leafs fan as well as my daughter, Jay. And I told my fellow Leafs fan, um, I'll take you to the game, but you have to leave your jersey at home. And he did. Uh, good. <laughs> Um, Eric, we thank you for your update. When you sell your first Boomsies burger, please, we will do a live update. You can, we'll break into our regular scheduled programming and have you on to update us on that. Until I'm then, gonna, I'm going to FaceTime you and you can actually thank the person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can put that on the menu. You will personally be called by Dan O'Toole if you order this goddamn burger. Uh, and Frings. Yeah. <laughs> That's Eric Cobbins. Go to his restaurant. Order the Boomsies Burger. You'll be the first one. <laughs> Make sure you like and subscribe as well. I like to remind people to, to maybe do that. It helps us out. And we've got a new phone number. 289-809-9690. 289-809-9690. And our email remains the same. Yeah, let's talk at gmail.com. That's YA let's talk at gmail.com. We have a plethora of emails to get to as they all want a uh, Boomsies Danatize prize pack, which we're going to start handing out here soon for the best phone call or email of the week. Hey, Dan, just writing about the new intro song. It took a couple weeks to get used to it, but now I really like it. Cool tune and catchy too. I still miss the old one though. I was kind of thinking, if you're not using it anymore, can I have it? Like when I email the show, you could play me in before you read whatever garbage I got for the week. My friends Mark and Drew will think I'm the man. Can we play Small Town Strip Club here? From Mike from, Mike from Grimsby, you asked. You got. This is Mike from Grimsby's theme song. Thanks as always, and nice job on quick hit episodes you've been doing as late. Fun stuff. P.S. Tread carefully with my friend Mark in his alien UFO emails. He's way further down the conspiracy rabbit hole than he lets on. Be warned. Okay. Mike from Grimsby and Small Town Strip Club 
We'll play him in and play him out. Hello, Boomsies crew. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I've been working away to catch up with the podcast releases ever since the reintroduction of the Dan O'Toole experience. I admire your honesty and outlook on life. People make life way too difficult sometimes. I love that you mentioned that under-the-radar announcement of Carrie Price's potential retirement, as I didn't hear anything about it. I guess that's the person he is, humble and low-key. He's become my favorite goaltender ever since Bobby Lou went back to Florida. I guess that makes me a Canadian biased at best. He definitely will make the Hall of Fame, and I'll be looking forward to that day. Keep up the uplifting episodes and do not stop ranting. But bring back the beeping sensors, please. Cheers, the third Sedine. Hey, Dan, don't quit golf. It's okay to suck at something. Cheers, Lonnie. Hello, Dan. We so happy you got that voicemail from 87 himself. Very inspirational. This is in reference to Sidney Crosby, who left us a message last week for episode 87. More importantly, was your resolve to not give up golf? I mean, seriously, what the heff were you thinking? I don't golf, but your Debbie Downer episode in which you claim to be quitting golf because you had a few crappy rounds is akin to me saying to hell with cross-country skiing because I still can't skate 10K in 35 minutes at age 65. 43 minutes just has to be has to fucking do when I do what I love. I can't read sometimes my dyslexia really kicks in. 43 minutes just has to fucking do when you're doing what you love. Okay. As does your 90 or whatever you scored. Episode 87 is a triumph and not because of that voicemail. Keep doing what you're doing. Best to those two other guys. Steven from Sault Ste. Marie. Hi, Dan. Uh, day one Boomsies fan and longtime Dan O'Toole fan. Fun fact, we have the same middle name, and you've liked a tweet or two of mine, so I sometimes feel like I'm the third in line after Jay and Sidney Crosby when it comes to being a good friend of yours. I wanted to thank you for starting up this podcast. I look forward to it every week. Helps me get things done. I had to get my comments in on episode 87 in regards to Carey Price. I'm a longtime Habs fan, a lifer. I'm 28 years old, so you could say I miss the glory days, but I've still been lucky enough to witness some great playoff runs and even a Stanley Cup final berth. Take that, Toronto. But what I'm most thankful for was, is Carey Price. Calm, cool, collected Carey Price. I mean, he took a team that had no business making the playoffs to the Stanley Cup, for God's sakes. He signed an extension with a team that didn't deserve it based on the quality of their roster, and he still signed a long-term deal. Did you know Carey Price never had a forward reach 90 points? I don't even think he ever had a player who was a point-of-game guy. He still put up incredible numbers and was a role model to not only Montreal Canadiens fans, but hockey fans in general. Montreal was so lucky to have him, and I count myself lucky to have been able to watch him for so long as I did. Thanks for listening to my rant. I also wanted to throw my small business out there to get danitized. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, I'll uh, look at the details of that. Anyways, keep up the great work and continue to inspire those around you. Canada loves you. Cheers, Sam. And our last email here. Uh, hey, Toolsy, congratulations on episode 87, the Sidney Crosby episode. And what an amazing thing that Sid actually called you. So Mike Babcock called me into his office and asked to see the photos on my phone. And what he saw was shocking. He saw pictures of bees, woodland animal carvings, and a Tim's Pumpkin Spice Ice Cap. Keep up the great work on the pod. Your pal, Big Dog Rob. We haven't heard from Big Dog Rob in a while. 
one of the mainstays of the Boomsies uh, family. Uh, we appreciate your emails. Now let's get to uh, Boomsies Newsies because it's a treasure trove of information this week. All right, Dan, well, with the MLB season uh, closing sh- soon, I wanted to take a minute to go over one possible player that we could be seeing his last days in the MLB, and that is Joey Votto. On Sunday, he got a major standing ovation from the fans at Great America Ballpark because it was potentially his last home game. So, Dan, I ask you, as a huge Jays fan, would you take a veteran presence like Joey Votto on the Jays next season and going forward? Okay, so Joey Votto, he has played his entire career in Cincinnati. He has put up Hall of Fame numbers. His average is just below 300 at 295 for his career. And yes, I go by the old stats. I'm sorry, but I do. He's hit 356 home runs, um, 17 years in the big leagues. The final year of his contract is next year with the Reds, in which there is a team option, and then there is a buyout if... They don't take that option, which he would still get six million bucks. I love Joey Votto. When he won the MVP in 2010, that's our first glimpse that we got at Joey Votto, the person, and it it surprised a lot of people because they're like, "Oh, this." This guy's not talking in cliches. And when that doesn't happen, some people are scared of that person. Joey Votto is a very smart human. Uh, if you've listened to any of his interviews, he gives each answer uh, time and thought. He loves the game of baseball. He is such a fan of the game of baseball. He's such a fan of growing the game of baseball. And with a person like that, you have the perfect leader for young, up-and-coming, or current talent. So if the Toronto Blue Jays were able to get Joey Votto, who wouldn't be who wouldn't be not even half the price he is right now for the Cincinnati Reds, because he they signed him to a landish contract. I think it would be a brilliant move for the Blue Jays as an organization in helping their young players along, a proven veteran. And not to mention, he's Canadian. Joey Votto is what the Toronto Blue Jays need. I would highly recommend that signing by the Blue Jays. Z-Money, you agree or no? Continue on the trend that has not got them anywhere for the last 30 years. No, I like the idea of bringing Votto in. I love the idea of bringing in the hometown players, even if it's, you know, at the end of their career. Gives people a fan to, or gives people a chance to cheer for these guys that they've watched their entire careers. Like, Votto's been around forever, right? So, uh, And also, and talk about full circle for this guy. Not that he needs it for his ego, to, to, but to play your last season in the majors in your home country for the one team that's in Canada, like that's like the stuff of dreams. 
Yeah, sign me up for bringing Votto to the Jays. Uh, from okay. a guy who is possibly retiring to a guy possibly coming out of retirement, there's talks that Maury Povich might be coming back for one last show. Whoa! It might be his best one yet. Povich has offered to come back and host a primetime DNA special with actors Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson to see if they are biological brothers. Okay, I I didn't even know this was... This is the first I've ever heard of this when you mentioned it to me earlier today. I didn't know this was a theory. And is there anything to this theory? So there is. And the speculation actually comes from the two actors themselves. So they've been in movies together. They've been friends for, for years now. So a couple years ago, the two actors had a conversation with Matthew's mother, Mary Kathleen. And she admitted to them that she knew Woody Harrelson's father and the way she sort of hinted at it, they knew each other quite well. And nine months before Woody was born, they were having uh, an intimate relationship with each other. Okay. So Woody's father, Charles, was a, he was a known hitman, actually, who passed away in jail. It's a crazy story. But, I mean, I think this is a perfect time to deb debut this new segment, or an old segment. Are they related? Okay, so looking at side-by-side -side pictures of Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, they both have eyes, they both have nose, face, mouth. They're both white. Uh, hmm. I guess if you really, if you try to find the, the similarities, you could just like in a horoscope. You can find the correlations with your own life, even though there's a lot of generalizations in horoscopes. But if Maury Povich did this primetime special and Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson subjected themselves to this special, I am 1000% watching. They are both also very laid back dudes. They have the same vibe. I would not be shocked if they were brothers. The best part about this is it's prime time, so you wouldn't have to call in sick for work to watch the episode. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the writer's strike is finally over. Uh, on Sunday, the Writers Guild of America announced they had reached a tentative agreement with studios and streaming services. Finally. The, the three-year deal... Still has to be rat, uh, ratified, but would boost pay rates and residual residual payments for streaming shows and impose new rules surrounding the use of AI. So with it, strike seemingly over. We're about to get a slew of new TV show and movie announcements. And the first is a reboot of The Office by the writer Greg Daniels. Are you pumped for this? Is this something you're going you're gonna to watch? A reboot of The Office? Reboot of The Office? Okay, there's already been the English version, which is the original with Ricky Gervais, and there's the American version of The Office. So are they... Is this a continuation of the American Office, or is this just redoing one of the previous versions? You know what? I'm not sure. I think I saw something about actor BJ Novak saying it would be sort of a continuation. He wanted to be part of it, but I'm okay. not 100% sure. If it's a continuation, then sure. I 
watched maybe seven minutes of the American office. I was a massive fan of the original, which is the British version that Ricky Gervais uh, came up with. So if it continues a storyline, I am 100% for it. I still am saddened that they never have continued Seinfeld, even for one season. They revisited it once on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But the amount of love that still exists for Seinfeld and its characters, there's an appetite for one more season of that. But does Larry David ever want to bring it back? Although he wasn't involved with the last two seasons, I don't think. I think it all uh, hinge upon Jerry Seinfeld, who doesn't need the money. He's, he's uh, got the money. Every time they sign with a new streaming service, he gets another two or three hundred million dollars. And that's till the end of time because that show will never die. Just like Boomsies, the syndication money were uh, 12 episodes away because once you reach 100, that's when the dollars start flowing in. All right, there's one other story I want to touch on, and it's all about NFTs. A oh, recent they go, they she gone. Oh, they're gone. Uh, a recent report has shown that uh, basically all NFTs are completely worthless two years after they were going for millions of dollars. Uh, ex- a study examining more than 73,000 found that 95% of them had a valuation of zero dollars. Well, out of the top collection, the most common price for an NFT is now between $5 and $100. So Dan, are NFTs right there officially dead? Yes, uh, I, I feel bad for Justin Bieber. He bought one of those bored apes for like $6 million. But I've referenced this before on this podcast. One of the most cringeworthy pieces of television took place in the NFT craze era in which Paris Hilton went on the Jimmy Fallon show. And she and Jimmy discussed the bored ape NFTs that they had purchased purchased it was essentially an infomercial for nfts that they wanted other people to buy which would then in turn increase the value of their nfts when ft nfts first came out i said this makes no sense someone explain it to me no one ever could explain it to me and that's when i knew i wasn't alone in my stupidity or my unknowingness, my uh, green greenhornish, my ignorance towards NFTs. Because if something can't be explained to you by multiple people, then it doesn't make sense to millions of people. NFTs never made sense. I uh, didn't know why people paid money for them. And I'm sorry for one person and one person alone. And that's Justin Bieber for his NFT. Because I got a soft spot for the Biebs. Biebs, uh, one of the uh, guests that uh, we've been waiting for to come here on Boomsies. Uh, one day, that will happen. In the meantime, thanks for joining us here. Uh, sorry for Usher fans if I uh, insulted you. By saying Usher uh, made no sense for this uh, year's Super Bowl, but I think you would even have to agree.
Usher. Not Carrot Top. Usher. Hug someone and make sure you're nice. Just, just be nice. It doesn't cost you anything. It's that simple. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. Thanks for listening to Boomsies.